All of it is supported by Missouri, makers of handcrafted jewelry that's made to last. Looking for the perfect Mother's Day present? Missouri has you covered. Get free shipping on all orders in the U.S. and Canada, plus a two-year warranty. Head to Missouri.com slash all of it or use code all of it for 10% off your first order. That's M-E-J-U-R-I dot com slash all of it. Listener supported. WNYC Studios. This is All of It. I'm Allison Stewart. In normal times, we'd already be into baseball season, and no doubt one of the biggest sports scandals in history would have been front and center. Earlier this year, the Houston Astros were found to have cheated in a big way. They'd placed a camera in the outfield of their ballpark to steal signs from the opposing team's catcher in real time. Now, if you just love the drama of a good scandal, then you're going to love a new podcast. The hosts are Rachel Benetta. She's a sports journalist and host of Fox Sports One's Lock It In. Hi, Rachel. Hi. Thanks for having me. Of course. And Reshina Frookbaum is a comedy writer and TV producer. She's written for shows, you know, like Parks and Rec and Fresh Off the Boat. (laughs) Hi, Reshina. Hi, thanks for having me too. These two have joined forces for a new podcast from Crooked Media. It's called Hall of Shame. And in each episode, Rachel and Rechna dive into a story of a different sporting scandal. So Rachel, why did you want to focus on sports scandals? Um, hmm. Well, you know, I love drama and <laughs> juicy stories as much as the next person. And obviously I work in the sports world and I was listening to all of these podcasts like The Dollop and My Favorite Murder, which are like going back in history and retelling these stories. And I was like, something like this doesn't really exist in the sports world. And so, uh, you know, I, I came up with this show idea and, and I pitched it and thankfully it landed at Crooked and, and here we are. We're a couple of episodes in and it's been awesome. So Rechna, you're a comedy writer, TV producer. How did you get interested in a sports podcast? So I grew up in Cleveland, and that kind of, it's just sports is so integral to the culture of that city. And so I have always just been a giant sports fan, and um, they basically reached out to me because they were looking for a co-host for Rachel. Um, There were people just who I'd known socially who, like, knew I was a huge sports fan. And so I went in and I tested with Rachel, who I like immediately felt like connected with. Like we immediately were just mm-hmm. like, do I know you already? <laughs> and that's kind of how it all happened. So I think it's interesting, Rachel, you mentioned it's at Crooked Media, which is the Pod Save America guys. They're kind of the podcast version of MSNBC's nighttime lineup. It's love it or leave it and Pod Save the World. How did you end up at sort of a politically based media company? You know, it's funny. I've always been a fan of Pot Save America and all of the Crooked podcasts. And when somebody suggested that I take it there, I was like, I don't know. At first, I really was kind of unsure. Like, obviously, I'm a huge fan, but I was like, this is a sports podcast, and that really seems like kind of like a political company. I just don't know if it's going to fit. But I was keeping an open mind, and I was like, you know what? I'm going to go meet with them, really just based off the fact that I wanted to go into the office and meet everyone because I was (laughs) such a big fan. Um, But when I got there, I went into the room to pitch the show, 
and it was all women, which I thought automatically I was like, okay, this is completely different that, than what I'm used to because obviously sports is a pretty like male-based uh, industry. And so I, I sat down and I, I pitched the show, and maybe because I didn't think it was going to fit there, I just felt so relaxed and I just kind of talked to these women and they were super funny and they loved sports too. And we just kind of got into this conversation about women in sports and sports scandals and things that made us angry and things that made us laugh. And it was just a really awesome meeting. And I walked out of there being like, wow, this feels like it fits better than any of the other places that I've been pitching this show. Um, And I called my agents and I was like, I think this is it guys. I think that this is where the show is going. And they're like, okay. And we kind of went from there and I've never had a single moment of thinking like, Oh, I just don't feel like this is a really good fit. Like it just feels like this was the home that it was always meant to have. And so I'm, I'm so grateful that they, they also went out of their comfort zone too, to, you know, expand their library of topics that they're talking about. So um, it's been a, a, it's been an awesome match. My guests are Rachel Benetta and Rechna Fruchtbaum. We're talking about their new podcast, Hall of Shame. So, uh, Rechna, I'll ask you this, and Rachel, you can jump in too. One of the things I really like about the podcast is that you provide a lot of cultural context for these these scandals. Um, you know, it's not just a whole lot of shade throwing <laughs> for people who have messed up. You kind of put it in time and place. Why did you think that was important to have that be part of the podcast? Well, I think it's so interesting because, like, as Rachel's talking about, like, where our podcast fits in and the crooked slate, which obviously skews a little more serious than political, it's like we're talking about these um, scandals, some of which you remember, some of which are brand new over the course of history. And I think that, like, the thing that we can bring to them, and I think the thing that Rachel and I really connected over is, like, we love sports. We're, like, sports nerds. But when we think and talk about sports, it's, like, much bigger than just stats and numbers. It's about culture. It's about race. It's about interesting things. And I think that's a way that actually this podcast totally fits into the Crooked Slate Mm -hmm. is because – being able to look at things historically. And, like, when you heard a story in 1985, there are certain contexts that didn't exist then or certain things we weren't really discussing then. So, like, talking about it today uh, allows us to, like, recontextualize these stories where, like, someone might have been just, like, a sort of black and white bad guy back then, and now it's like, oh, no, there's a lot more nuance to this story, and that's what Mm -hmm. we love about it. And that's what we love about sports is it's almost never actually black and white, even though it's so much about winning and losing. Yeah, I think I think that you hit the nail on the head. I feel like going back to some of these stories and and really it's quite shocking to be honest because we're looking through all of this research and the example that I'll use is one of the first episodes that we did was on this woman named Rosie Ruiz who mm-hmm. cheated in the Boston Marathon. She actually <laughs> rode the subway. She's Quite frankly, a hero a of ours. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, a little bit good for her. But, you know, in all of this research that we were reading, it was commenting on her weight and the fact that she was a woman. And all of this stuff was just, like, so insane that we were reading. Um, and we really just kind of wanted to break that aspect of it down as well. And that's part of the episode is, like, just reading some of these quotes from the articles uh, way back when. So it's just really interesting to rehash these stories in a, a 2020 view and that's kind of what we keep on doing 
Yeah, for people, I think a lot of New Yorkers remember Rosie Ruiz because of the subway part of this, yeah. <laughs> because she took the subway in the New York Marathon, and she sort yeah. of jumped in at the end of the Boston Marathon. And to your point, mm-hmm. a lot of people were kind of commenting on, like, how does she win the Boston Marathon? She doesn't, quote unquote, look like a runner, and she's she's not s- sweating that much. Um, we actually yeah. have a, a, a little bit of tape of Rosie Ruiz, so people can, can remember, who have a, a memory of this story, maybe this will jog their memory a little bit. track workouts that are designed to make your speed improve dramatically and if you went from a 256 to a 231 one would normally expect that you do a lot of speed work is, is someone coaching you or advising you uh no i advise myself <laughs> well, it was a fantastic performance rosie congratulations rosie ruiz the mystery woman winner we missed her at all our checkpoints she came through the finish in a fantastic 231 we have to confirm that time at this point but she was way ahead of the world-class field here today in the boston marathon thank you rosie thank you so, Rachel, what did you, you discover or put in the podcast about her past that might give a little context for why she might do something like this? Um, really, it was how she grew up. I believe she grew up in Havana, Cuba. She had to flee the country, move to the United States. She left behind her parents, her family. She had to go live with her cousins in Florida. And she just went through a lot of trauma as a kid, and I, I don't think that that was really covered um, when this was first kind of happening. And, Rachel, you can talk about this, too. We we kind of empathized with her. I, I mean, she got yeah. caught in a lie, and obviously what she did was not great, but I feel like if you learn a little bit more about her, and, and maybe that's kind of the case in, in all of these sports scandals, but if you just learn a little bit more about these athletes, Oftentimes, we're like, okay, yeah, we kind of understand how they got there. But I, I also feel like in the sports media world, we're, we're so obsessed with, like, the celebrity and the athletes, and, and we want to tear them down the second we hear anything bad about them. And so I feel like this is also kind of digging in and, and giving them another chance to – um, you know, not look like a terrible villain, even though it's called Hall of Shame. Um, oftentimes we find ourselves being a little bit more understanding of the people that are at the center of the story. Let's talk about Doc Ellis, because we'd be in the middle of baseball season right now. He was a pitcher for the Pittsburgh Pirates. He pitched no hitter under some certain circumstances. Retina, will you uh, <laughs> yeah. explain about Doc Ellis's no hitter? Yeah, I mean, he uh, basically Doc Ellis was a had a pretty giant issue with drugs. He took a ton of them. And he um, had a game that he was supposed to pitch but kind of lost track of days because it was in San Diego and he went up to L.A. like you do and, like, partied like you do and lost track of days. (laughs) And so showed up at the stadium in San Diego, like, high out of his mind on hallucinogenics and uh, pitched this, like, very famous no-hitter but was, like, high the entire time, like, like literally hallucinating. Like mm-hmm. he thought he was pitching to Richard Nixon. <laughs> and so again, it's like actually like a fun story. And they've like um, made this like cool video where they um, animated sort of the story of it. But there's also this other side of it, which he himself like doesn't really remember it. And that's kind of sad. It's like literally pitching a no hitter is one of the hardest things to do in baseball. And he can't remember. 
he couldn't before he passed. There was like an interview where he's like, I don't really remember it. And so we like talked about it and it's kind of like wild and crazy and it's a fun story. But then there's this like very human side um, of a man who just deeply struggled. And so it, mm-hmm. it was like fascinating. And that's like my favorite thing about our podcast is like we'll start the story. And a lot of times it's like some of them are more light. Some of them are more heavy. But a lot of times there's this aspect of it that you get to like look into more deeply. And I like it was just really interesting to think about it from the other point of view because I just know the funny yeah Yeah. go ahead I was just going to say there's a transition of like how we feel like there's a lot of times where you know this episode isn't out yet but we just did Malice at the Palace the story of Ron Artest Meta World Peace and you know I obviously being a huge basketball fan I know about Malice at the Palace and I know that there was this gigantic brawl that kind of came out but I had no idea all of the pain that Ron Artest Meta World Peace went through as a kid. I mean, he grew up in the project. He learned to cook crack when he was 13. No one really, I mean, sure, people know that, but not a lot of people are familiar with that side of the story. So we'll start off being like, okay, I'm excited to talk about this crazy brawl. And then I look at Reshna's face while I'm telling her this story of how he got brought up, how, you know, a kid that he played basketball with was stabbed on the court with uh, a table leg and died. Like, there's so many parts of these very famous stories in sports that nobody has any idea about. And that's really the, I think, what is the most fascinating part of this podcast is we're really digging in to those interesting uh, facts. My guests are Rachel Benetta and Reshna Fruchtbaum. We're talking about the podcast Hall of Shame. So we were talking about Doc Ellis. There's this doc, great documentary about him called No No. Yes. And in it, they have a little mm-hmm. part of it where he sort of explains why he was using drugs. So let's play a little bit of that. And I'll ask you a question on the other side. Well, here we are. Doc Ellis working on a no-hitter. It was easier to pitch with the LSD. That's the way I was dealing with the fear of failure. You got it. It was an ugly no-hitter. I got letters about it, but it was a no-no. So you guys go into sort of the struggles he had within MLB, and it also talks about, I mean, from that, from, from researching him, what did you learn about the state of racism in sports at that time and his personal struggle? Yeah, I mean, he, uh, he grew up, um, you know, at a time where uh, the conversation around race was not as evolved as as it is now. And I feel like even now we, you know, we see all the time how difficult those conversations are. And so there's this like this interesting moment in the podcast where Rachel reads a quote that uh, Jackie Robinson said Mm -hmm. to Doc, where he's like, I, there's so many times in this fight you were going to want to give up, but I'm telling you it's worth it. I'm totally paraphrasing and uh, messing up the quote. Yeah. Yeah. The point being, like, I think that I think that, like, there was a bar of success that he held him to be he held himself to, because when you're a black player trying to prove something, especially back then, but even now to some degree, like, I think like you like hold yourself to a bar of success that's like that much higher because you're like, I have to overcome so much. And so I think, yeah, he put so much pressure on himself to do well and like. A p- race is such a huge integral part of that, you know. Mm-hmm. A lot of the story like actually a- boiled down to pressure. It was the pressure, 
to make it into the big leagues. It was the pressure to be a black yeah. man and be successful in the MLB. And that's ultimately, you know, the way that he described it, what led him to drugs in the first place. So again, yeah. you know, you're watching the, this video, this animated video of Doc Ellis and being like, wow, this guy's the man. Um, he pitched a no-no high on LSD and then you break it down and then you're like, oh, okay, wow, this guy actually really struggled his entire life all throughout his career and then ultimately ended up getting clean and teaching people, teaching young athletes that you know his path is not the path uh to go on so he he ended up having a a happy ending and to your point about what you can do with a podcast with the knowledge and the language of today you take on that what was really a sad story about Castor Semenya, the uh the Mm. runner a lot of people remember this the uh, she was a woman who was accused of not being a woman when she won her race yeah Mm mm-hmm Tell us a little bit about what you want to discuss about that. Well, that one was so interesting because it really happened just a little over a decade ago. So it, like, really shined a light on, like, how far the language around gender in particular has come Mm -hmm. in a decade, you know? And I think with her it was an interesting thing because um, she, again, has this story of, like, 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 the opposite of privilege. I mean, she grew up in this very poor village in Africa that didn't even have running water. And so when people were talking about, like, does she have an advantage because there was so much privilege baked in this story because people were talking about, like, does she have an advantage because she basically has this thing called, I'm going to, I feel like I'm going to fudge it, but I think it's hyperandrogenism. No, that's right. And yeah. it just, it's elevated, it's elevated levels of testosterone, um, you know, and they take a blood sample. But the truth is, like, perhaps that is an advantage. Perhaps having access to training facilities is also an advantage, which most of her competitors had. So it was just an interesting way to look at it, um, because I think even 10 years ago, it was a little bit more of a black and white thing where even her fellow competitors kind of turned on her. Um, and people weren't talking about this other flip side of, like, all the other privileges and advantages other runners have that she did not. You know, nutrition, training facilities, access. And so... Mm-hmm. It was, it was like, that was a cool one because when I first started reading about it, I was, I will say a little like, well, it is tough to have to compete with someone. And then like the, you know, and then when I, the more I read about it, I was like, no, 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 no. Like she Mm -hmm. is, it's horrifying what happened to her. It's horrifying. I also feel Um, like we, as we started to break it down, we were looking at people like LeBron James and Tom Brady, these superior athletes that who knows what they have going on yeah. in their systems that make them superior to the next it. guy. <laughs> exactly. Maybe yeah. they have something that sets them apart, but that is what sports are all about. There is talented, gifted people who are playing these games that rise above the other people. Like we're not talking about Usain Bolt the same yeah. way we're talking about Castor Semenye. And yet Usain Bolt is, an incredible athlete who is far superior than some of the other guys that he is racing against. So we started having that kind of conversation. Like, why is it that this woman is kind of taking the heat for just being an incredible athlete? Why are we not (laughs) testing the blood of all of these other, um, you know, superior athletes? Nobody's like Michael Phelps. How come you can swim faster than literally anyone else in the world? Like, let's take your blood. (laughs) Yeah. The name of the podcast is Hall of Shame. It is hosted by Rachel Bonetta and Rechna Fruchtbaum. Thank you so much for being with us. Congratulations on the pod. 
Thank, Thank you, you so, so much, much for, for having us. us. All of it is supported by Majuri, makers of handcrafted, ethically sourced jewelry for every day that's made to last. Looking for the perfect Mother's Day present? Majuri has taken the guesswork out of gifting, offering everything from dainty 14K solid gold pieces to pearls, diamonds, gemstones, and more. Make it personal with an engraving, or if you can't decide, check out their curated gift guide. Let them take care of the rest, gift wrapping included. Get free shipping on all orders in the U.S. and Canada, plus easy returns and a two-year warranty. Head to Missouri.com slash all of it or use code all of it for 10% off your first order. That's M-E-J-U-R-I dot com slash all of it.